Good morning. This is the Daily Cast at the start of another week on Kilcullen Diary. I'm Brian Byrne. It's the 17th of May, 2021. This morning we peruse the life of a major film star born in County Roscommon more than a century ago. And we'll hear the background and reason for a new publication on the War of Independence as it impacted Kildare. But first, as always, the weather. And it's been a nice morning out there. Although clouding over, it will be dry with sunny spells. Scattered showers will develop through the afternoon, but there should be plenty of sunshine too. Temperatures up to 15 degrees in light westerly breezes. Our person of interest this morning was born in Boyle, County Roscommon, on this day 110 years ago. Maureen O'Sullivan's parents were relatively well-off and Catholic, and had their daughter educated at a Dublin convent school and later at finishing schools in England and France. They then encouraged her to work with the poor when she returned to Dublin. But her social life there was also busy, and at the Dublin Horse Show in 1929 she was noticed by Hollywood film director Frank Borsegi. He was in Ireland doing location shooting for a film, Song of My Heart, starring the tenor Count John McCormack. Borsegi persuaded Maureen to do a film test, and later that year she travelled with her mother to the US, getting a contract with the Fox Film Company. In the movie, she played the daughter of McCormack's character. It was a success, but internal politics within Fox caused Maureen to lose her contract sometime afterwards. In 1932, she was signed by MGM, and that same year made the first of a series of films for which she is best remembered, the part of Jane Parker in Tarzan. Over the next ten years, she and Johnny Weissmuller as Tarzan made six movies together, but she was also in demand for other productions and appeared with some of the major stars of the time in a range of films. William Powell, Myrna Loy, Greta Garbo and others were among them. In 1942, after completing her last Tarzan movie, Maureen asked for a release from her contract to look after her family with husband John Farrell. They had met eight years earlier when he was a director on one of the Tarzan movies. They had seven children, including actress Mia Farrell. In 1958, their eldest son Michael died in a plane crash. Maureen occasionally worked in some of her husband's films, although she had considered herself permanently retired by 1960. But, encouraged by actor friend Pat O'Brien, she participated in Summer Stock Theatre in 1961 and made a Broadway debut in 1963. That same year, John Farrow died of a heart attack. Afterwards, Maureen continued to appear in stage roles, on TV and in film. Her final film role was in 1994, in a movie based on the very successful Heart to Heart TV series. In 1983, Maureen had married businessman James Cushing, and they remained together until she died in 1998 at the age of 87 of complications from heart surgery. Before that, in 1988, she had returned to Boyle County Roscommon at the request of a local committee. She was fated in crowded streets. Her comment there was, The best part of me I owe to Boyle. Its influence has given me whatever poetry I have in my soul. Now to today's feature. 
A new publication from the Kildare Library Service has recently been made available for people with an interest in the Kildare activity in the War of Independence. A timeline of the War of Independence in County Kildare, 1919-1922, is authored by Mario Corrigan, James Durney and Kevin O'Kelly, with Kevin Murphy and Carl Kiley. The 128-page booklet is published as part of the County Kildare Decade of Commemorations programme for 2021, and the initiative is particularly aimed at local history groups and secondary school students. Beginning with the signing of the armistice to the end of the Great War, the timeline comprises literally scores of easily read short accounts of events, both as background to the overall Civil War conflict and those related to County Kildare. I asked co-author Mario Corrigan how the publication had come about. We've been working on Decade of Commemorations programmes for the, uh, since 2015, and this is kind of just a, 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 in that same vein. It's, it's one of those next kind of steps. We're in the middle of the anniversary uh, of the War of Independence as we speak, so we have always had a good relationship with schools and recognise that a lot of secondary school students who are doing history for the Leaving Cert often have... Um, special projects that they have to complete. And these are just the type of things where you can bring people back. You know, we don't have to talk about World War Two in Germany or something. We can talk about what happened on our doorstep, you know, in our locality, um, and maybe turn that into a, a worthwhile project. So there's all of these things kind of coming together. Did it take a great deal of research? Because while it's a lot of snippets, um, these are hard enough things to find in the whole panoply of items that there might be about the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's literally gone on for a couple of years at this stage. Um, we had a gentleman, Kevin O'Kelly, uh, one of the authors who had originally looked at the various printed histories. And since that time, he wouldn't have even seen the new book on, on the period by Seamus Cullen. But he'd gone through James Durney's book and the other books in the War of Independence, then all the newspapers. And literally, sometimes you, you can search many of the newspapers these days, but quite often as well, he would sit down at microfilm and go through the newspapers page by page. So he, he brought the kind of the, the center of it together uh, uh, over a long period. And then we sat down to do all the edits and try and make sense of it. And that was equally as long. So it, there's a lot of work in it, a lot of work. I see, too, that there are uh, a good selection of photographs. Are photographs of that period rare? They are. I mean, we were blessed again because we have the, one of the historians of the period, James Durney, who's, you know, written a, an awful lot on this whole decade um, because he's written on the war, the World War One before. He's written on the whole political period from Kildare. And over time, he has been lucky enough to be gifted you know, copies of photographs by families and so on. He's amassed collections. And we ourselves in the local history um, section um, with, under Kevin Murphy and, and James and uh, Carol, again, are constantly looking for images that we might be able to, you know, borrow, buy uh, or anything. But they're difficult enough to come across. How significant was the activities in Kildare at this time? <laughs> I think if you ask them, you know, some of the major historians, they, they tend to gloss over it, you know. And you've got to remember, in terms of Kildare, you've got three of the major garrisons, and you've got the biggest garrison of all, the Curragh Camp, 
slap bang in the middle of this county. Then you've got two internment camps. You have the Rath Camp and Hare Park. So, I mean, there's the attention of the military, the attention of the British, you know, establishment is focused very much until there. So you don't see those kind of major pitched battles that you might see in, in other areas. And even those are kind of rare as well throughout Ireland. But what you do see, and it's, it's very notable now in this new um, publication, is the range of uh, activity. And it's right across the county and it's, you know, happening every week throughout this whole couple of year period. The amount of people who are active in Kildare is very surprising indeed. Were you surprised by anything that came up in the course of producing this? I think what we loved always when we got involved with this decade of commemorations is that we were never going to focus completely on the guns and bullets and, 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 and the war stories, you know, what we were always interested in. And it was made very clear to us by the public as well in one of the first meetings we had in 2015 that we must look at the social history. We must look at real people's lives, how it affected the women and children, how it affected localities. And you get these really strange things. One of the, the I think, the great pieces of pride for all of us in Kildare is that we included the championship of 1919, the All-Ireland, where Kildare won its second All-Ireland football championship. But you also had these strange things where you had um, a football match in Arsenal, like soccer, played between Irish jockeys and English jockeys. And the the money that was raised at that match went to um, support the, the blind soldiers home in, uh, in England and also the Drogheda Memorial Hospital. You had James Connolly's daughter, Nora Connolly, coming and speaking in NACE. Um, you had, you know, also the death of Ernest Shackleton happens in this period. And, of course, he's one of the greatest explorers who was born in Kilkay in County Kildare. So we were interested not only in the the activities of the of the Republicans and the activities of the military and the and, and the fact that the black and tans, these discredited force that is terribly remembered in Irish history, but would have been active in Kildare. We were also interested in the in the unusual and and the strange and um, anything that made this kind of sit up and take interest. So yes, yes, there's been there there are some wonderful little snippets in there for people that, 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 to be surprised about. It is celebrations of of a hundred years ago, and. Many of the generations, well, obviously, the, the the key generations that were involved then are no longer with us. Are today's generations of young young people and maybe even their parents, are they even interested? Yeah, and I mean, I, I think this is, if we look solely at 2016, I think the wave of, of, of pride and, and, and satisfaction that everybody experienced, and, and one of the, the best things that ever happened were, when you had members of the Irish Defence Forces walking into schools and raising a flag and the children singing out on the vein. I mean, it's just an absolute wave of, 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 of euphoria in, in, in many respects. And that's what it was about as well, that it allowed us remember these times. And, and we are coming into difficult times as well. So, I mean, we're talking about the Civil War. Our job in the library, our job in the local study sections and all of this is to, is to try and put the information that people think to make information available. We have playwrights, authors who are anxious to get information so that they can kind of create as well. So, yes, there is an interest out there and our job is to make it uh, as interesting as possible and to draw attention to it.
Now, this this latest publication, the timeline, will be available. It, it is available to download, but it will also be available in hard copy. Yeah, we're, we took a very unusual step to, to make it available completely free to the world at large uh, by, by download first. Um, and that's to make, you know, open access, to, 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 to open it up to everybody, particularly in these times where people don't get out to, to libraries and it's only opening up again now. But we hope to start getting copies, printed copies. We should take um, delivery of the book on Wednesday, I think, from the printers. Um, and I have to say great thanks to Nace Print. But, I mean, we're taking delivery on Wednesday and then our job is to get it into the libraries to make it available. We're going to specifically target the local history and heritage groups within the county because we know that, you know, they're of an older population as well. They're not necessarily getting out to the regular meetings and this will certainly appeal to them. We'll make sure that copies go into every secondary school in Kildare and any secondary school can contact us. And we'll also have copies in our public library system so that if people did want to call in and collect their, uh, their free copy, they're more than welcome. That was Mario Corrigan, Senior Executive Librarian with Kildare County Council. And the publication was supported by the Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts, Gaeltacht, Sport and Media. Now to the news of the day online. And KFM Radio gives prominence to the cancellation of radiology and blood test appointments at NACE Hospital today due to the cyber attack on the HSE. The Kildare Nationalist highlights the efforts of a Carberry woman who has walked the length and breadth of Ireland within the five-kilometre limit of the recent lockdown to raise funds for poverty in Haiti. The Leinster Leader provides pictures and words on a crash yesterday between the Johnstown and Nace North junctions in which a milk tanker overturned. On the Nationalist today, RTE is forecasting long queues as non-essential shops reopen. The Examiner headlines the prospect that international travel could return by late July. The Independent goes with reports that a widespread audit of government departments is underway to identify other areas that may have been exposed to cyber attack similar to that on the HSE. The Times headlines a minister's suggestion that the hackers could publish patient data online. And the journal.ie leads with a new poll which says almost 40% of respondents favour legalising cannabis for recreational use, while more than 9 in 10 say it should definitely be available for medicinal use. And that's it for the first Daily Cast of the Week. Hope you found it interesting. I'm Brian Byrne and this is Kilcullen Diary. Thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow.